We're back! Yep, this is episode 22 with yours truly and Carlos Gill. And in this particular episode, we are letting you all know the adventures we've been up to since we last recorded. We've got some new insights on our hustle. We've got some new insights on what our ultimate personal ambitions are. And, you know, what we've learned in the last two to three weeks with our speaking engagements and the new opportunities we had. So, Stay tuned, make sure you listen. We are the most transparent we've ever been. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hustle Culture Podcast. I know it's been a while, but we did not forget you, right? We didn't forget them, Carlos. Did we? Absolutely not. How could we forget? No, the no. Culture fan, Sayo. Come on, <laughs> we stop. did it. We did it. And that's why we're doing this episode. We really want to tell you what we've been up to. It's been a crazy, crazy busy couple of, of weeks, even more. And Carlos and I were just comparing. A busy schedule, but honestly, I don't think none of us have been as busy as Carlos has been in the last um, last few months, really. So you had a really, really heavy conference speaking, um, you know, traveling schedule, and then you got to to meet you know people like Gary V and Mark Cuban at South by Southwest. So why don't you start off by telling us what you've been up to and what you learned about yourself in the process, and then I'll sort of do mine as well. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny because before we get to that, right before we jumped on air on, on the little bit of a pre-show, I asked Tayo how he's doing and he tells me he's exhausted. And I'm like, dude, don't talk to me about being exhausted, bro. <laughs> My life over the last week has been a marathon and I'm back here at home now and I'm exhausted, but I'm hyped. We've just been living the hustle culture and, and, and it's it's we, we were we felt a little guilty because we all of a sudden we couldn't record the way we wanted to record. But, um, hey, you know, we're back here doing what we said we wanted to do. And uh, we want to make sure that, you know, as part of the hustle culture, we're staying true to that brand. But we're also telling you that time and following your passion can be done. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think think it's good to compare. But I think it's, it's funny that you set those goals last year when we did the end of the year episode. And here you are actually living them out. And it didn't even take too long. You know, in January, February, you That's started right, having dude. keynote events. So, yeah, go ahead, man. Just tell us. That's right, man. Yeah, we recorded the episode in December, and it's March. So I just got back from South by Southwest. And, guys, for me, it, it, it's always been a dream to speak at South by. You know, I've been following Gary Vaynerchuk very closely since 2009. And that man has made such – an impact, not just on my career or business, but just on my life, man. Just the way I approach relationships, the way I tackle situations. You know, I've, I've read Crush It and, you know, Thank You Economy. And, you know, I'm just like an old school Gary V fan, if you will. And um, to be able to, to have an opportunity to speak at South by this year. And, and first, I want to give a shout out to Jessica Miller Merrill for really hooking it up. So we had a, a presentation that we co-presented. It was called Resume Sucks, Seven Ways to Find a Job in Social Media. And Jessica actually selected me last year to kind of be her running mate, if you will, um, for South by and, and our panel or our session, I should say, got selected. So big thanks to Jessica because if it wasn't for her, none of this would have happened. 
But uh, South by Bro was something I've worked for the last eight years to get to. And just like the same way I want to do a TED Talk, same way I've aspired to work at – or I'm sorry, speak at events like Social Media Marketing World. I've had these aspirations to speak at South by for for years, man. So to be able to finally get that badge, go to the event, take the stage and be able to rub elbows with, like you said before, Mark Cuban and Gary Vaynerchuk and others out there, man, was honestly a culmination of eight years of just hustle. And it was funny because while I was out there, a lot of people that know me within the social media marketing community, they don't necessarily know my story. They don't know what I've done to this point. So a lot of them were asking me like, dude, how did you get here to South by? And the only way I could really put it into, into just one word was hustle, man. I had to hustle my ass off hmm. to get there. And it's funny because while I was there, there was like this like sense of like just humble that came over me. Like I was there one night chatting with Brian Solis, very well-known speaker and author and you know influencer in, in the marketing and business space. And I was like, dude, like just to be here with you and kind of be on that same peer-to-peer level is like mind-boggling because I look back at the journey. And like that's one thing I want to talk about with you, Tyle. Like I always say this, man, like the journey matters. Everything that you do today, it might not seem like it's paying its dividends right now because it's not. You know, not everything that we do is going to produce dollars and cents right now. But if you keep producing and keep doing a lot of what you're doing, it's going to go ahead and produce. Maybe not today, maybe not a year from now, but years from now. And, and again, like case in point, in 08, 09, 2010, when I was running Jobs Direct USA, making no money, going around the country, helping people find jobs. If you would have said to me back then, in 2016, you're going to be a South by Southwest. You're going to be a social media marketer that a lot of people want to pick your brain. You're going to be kind of on that level, that trajectory where people are looking at you and saying, like, you're the next Gary Vee. I would have been like, no fucking way. It's not possible because of where I was at back then. But now when I look back, I'm like, none of this today in 2016 would have been possible if it wasn't for me putting in what I call sweat equity in during those years. Uh, <laughs> You've raised so many good points there, and I think the idea of of hustle gets lost in today's world because you said it took eight years to get to South by Southwest, and I think many times we get discouraged when we we put in all this work and we feel like we're hustling, no one's you know giving us any mind, and we lose sight of the long game. And the long game for you, you know, is to been to been able to share the stage with people like Gary Vee and Osip. And I remember when you when you wrote your first book, and you you were you were constantly hitting Gary Vee up. You wanted him to write the forward. You wanted him to write the forward. He didn't get. To, he I don't think he ever got to you. But then he was at this event, and he recognized you. He actually stopped what he was doing to say, "Hey, Carlos, I really love what you're doing." And and if that's not mind boggling, that that's insane to me because then you you were hitting up, you had people hitting him up. Yeah, it was three years ago, and it must have felt like, man, I can't get this guy's attention. And here's a guy doing something for his book, breaking away from what he's doing to actually reach out to you. And that's a testament to what we try to preach here. It's the idea of stay focused on the goal that you want to achieve, but don't don't get discouraged when you don't get the um, the answer that you want because I think. The journey that everyone has to face is unique and different, yes, but if you stay committed and put in the work, you're going to get what you want to get. And I guess staying in that vein, Snapchat has been, 2016 has been the year of Snapchat, but 2016 has also been, in a sense, the year of Carlos Gill being the the Snapchat expert. Because you had a lot of people reaching out to you, and this, again, is another thing you've put years of hustle telling people to get on get on snapchat this is the next big thing 
all of a sudden 2016 comes, everybody's like, Carlos is right. Can you talk about that? Because you're getting hit up to do many Snapchat things now. You know, like the thing is, though, Tyle, like you you just said 2016 is the year of Snapchat. I, I call BS on that. I say 2014 was the year of Snapchat. 2015 was the year of Snapchat. I was rocking out on Snapchat. In 2014 and 2015, when I had 30 people watching my snaps, 50 people watching my snaps, and the way that I've been able to organically grow that following on Snapchat is by having a lot of one-on-one conversations, going to networking events, asking people, are you on Snapchat? Talking about the value of being on Snap because it's more intimate, it's more personal. You can actually build a rapport with someone. It's not text-based copy. It's not just spewing shit out and hoping that people click through. The conversations all contained within the platform. So... Today, Snapchat has grown to be the phenomenon that it is because let's face it, you got guys like Gary Vaynerchuk that have a huge following in the business community and when he speaks, people listen. You got guys like DJ Khaled that are engaging a whole slew of other people. You know, DJ Khaled gets over 2 million views per snap. So I think it's just become mainstream. But dude, you know, for me, it's been the year of Snapchat the last couple when I was growing on there and I was seeing there's something special that's happening here that's not happening on the other platforms. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 and you're so right. Thanks for calling me out on that. But the idea, though, of you being that expert, it's got to be surreal for you because now all of a sudden, you know. But like, here's the thing, bro. Like, I, I don't like anyone calling me an expert, dude. I'm a practitioner. Sorry, bro. above and beyond. Sorry, bro. You're an expert. I'm gonna call. Nah. You. Look, look, look. Okay, embrace it. This is the, the, walk, uh, work with me here. I want to know what that feeling is like when people are asking you to basically help them with Snapchat. And to you, it's such an intuitive thing because there's one thing to, to, be, to be able to see something before others see it. And there's another thing to actually be there when everybody else is caught hip to it. And I, I, I see the possibilities. You launched a Snapchat course since we last talked. You've launched so many things Snapchat heavy and many businesses are now – either dissing Snapchat as a, as a way to be a marketing medium or praising it. So it, it's become this, this incessant pool of activity. And I just, you know, I just want you to share with the audience what that's like when you see something and you stay committed to something and, not, and you don't give up. My, my thing is this, like from where, I, from where I'm at today in my career and as a businessman, in terms of speaking about my trajectory – because I think that's something that's really important that people should not lose sight of. Like, where do you see yourself going and how do you get there? Snapchat, for me, honestly, real talk, has been a key differentiator. Because, let's face it, I've been in the social media marketing game for, for a while now. Um, I, I rub elbows with a lot of the same people. We roll in a lot of the same circles. But this has been that one platform where it's been able to – it's helped me set myself apart from, from the others. And I think a lot of that has to do because I jumped on early – and I've been talking about it for a while. Some people were listening, but now the ones that chose to ignore like, oh, shit, here's a guy who worked in brand marketing. He gets how it works. He's going to be speaking at different events like South by Southwest and social media marketing world. There's Snapchat that's kind of taken him to that next level. Maybe I should start listening. Hmm. So that, that's kind of how I see it, man. It's, it's a key differentiator um, in terms of being like an expert or guru, man. Like, you know how I feel about that stuff, dude. Like, anyone <laughs> could be an expert. Anything, bro. You just got put in the time, man. You got put in the sweat equity. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, like my wife can tell you, I've been hustling on Snap for a few years, dude, when I had very few people that followed me. And I was still as passionate about it because I'm all about this. Like right now, you know, Tyro and I were recording our podcast here over Skype and I'm looking at him. The fact that 
on my on my cell phone, man, I can see someone. We can have this short form conversation and do it through video. I just think is it's legit. But kind of going outside of that from a business standpoint, so many brands and companies struggle with attrition. They struggle with really nurturing their community. They struggle with getting consumers to care. Mm-hmm. And why is that? It's because of the message that they're always putting out. It's it's too one sided. It's very promotional. Snapchat is that that different medium where you can put out content and people they're going to want to keep wanting to see it because it's going to expire. It's time bound. And if you work with influencers for example, now you can get a personality to represent your brand. So you go from just being a logo that's putting out this static content on Facebook and Twitter, which let's face it, people aren't really engaging on those mediums anymore. And now you put it on Snapchat, all of a sudden your brand is sexy again. Yeah. And that's kind of like the message I'm trying to tell brand marketers is marketing in 2016 and, and beyond 2016 even, it's not going to be about logos anymore. It's not going to even be about the product that you offer. It's going to be about the experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you had a snap this morning about the importance of telling your story, and people to do that really are the ones winning. And and um, I love I love that you you have all these passions, and and what we talked about at the end of the year is something that you're living out now because it's so key, and it's something that we can actively express to the audience. On the on the uh, on the point of of just putting out a lot of work in my end, it's been I I started 2016 off with just pumping out a tremendous amount of content. And um, it wasn't until the other day that I actually had someone just ask me, Tyler, if I actually stopped to realize what I've done. And and I'm this is a very bad weakness of mine. I, I tend to just go, 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 and I lose mm-hmm. sight of like the effect of what I'm doing. You know, whether I'm hosting this show, putting that show, public, uh, you know, producing this, meeting people, and uh, I, I got a few emails, and they were like, "Look, Tyler, this is how much you've." what you've what the, all the work you've done has actually helped and then i was you know i didn't actually believe it because i felt like i'm still trying to get to a level that i haven't yet achieved and i'm so far away from that but then when i told that to a friend my friend told me do you not understand that if you want to get to that level you have to appreciate what you have now mm-hmm. and and th- that was something that arrested me in such a way that i i feel like as hustlers we tend to lose sight of that. And we feel like we have to be always in work, work mode and not take time to actually appreciate what we've done. So I, I, I guess I wanted to share that experience because I was thinking if I don't, I'm not going to stop until I get to where I go. But then I was like, well, Tayo, this is what you create a great show, Carlos. You have your own podcast that's heard in 150 countries. You've done, you've got invited to speak at several countries. You've spoken at the World Bank. Um, and I hadn't actually stopped to even think of that. And I, I guess I want to say that to the hustlers, even though you're working, make sure you understand what you're doing and just what your strengths are. Because if you build that level of self-awareness, I'm telling you, there is no way you won't be able to sell yourself to another to another person. Because you, there's a couple, uh, yeah, go ahead. There's a couple things. There's a couple things that stand out there with me, you know. And and one, and I say this a lot, you know. I've said this a lot to my friend Audrey Bellis, who was on the show before. I've said this a lot to Saba, who I also work with. You know, you gotta stop and celebrate your W's. You got to celebrate your wins, man, because if you're not celebrating your wins, who's going to celebrate for you, bro? Exactly. Like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, our social network, the community that we've built, while they support us, they're not with us 24-7. They're not there on those sleepless nights for you. They're not there with me when I'm up at 3 a.m. So who's going to celebrate? 
who's going to celebrate the achievements along the way? Like, here's the thing. Like, we both got lofty goals. And along the way, there's going to be benchmarks right. that we hit. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, like, for me, it was like South by was a goal. I hit it. Now that's like one benchmark onto the next, right? Yeah. You know, for you, it's like creating the podcast network. You know, in order for you to get there, you got to create X number of content. You got to get other shows signed up, et cetera. Those are benchmarks that you got to hit. Like along the way, if you're not stopping and celebrating those benchmarks, bro, you're going to kill yourself. That's exactly, exactly what it is. There's, there's a way to like look at what you do as work and looking at what you do as just it's what I have to do. Right. Like I don't look at anything I touch as work. Yeah. Like if I start looking at projects as work, then I, very quickly I'm going to lose focus. I'm going to lose sight. I'm going to move on to the next because once something feels like it's work, then that basically seems like it's a chore and it's not fun. And if something's not fun, I'm not doing it. Exactly. And and one thing I want to stay on is the idea of having a long long goal and understanding what that benchmark is. And I love that benchmark point because once I heard that from my friend, I started really looking at the benchmarks. I'm saying, well. If I'm saying I want to be like the male version of Oprah and I'm hustling my way there, what are the things that Oprah did? You know, she – it wasn't like she never appreciated anything she did. She was a radio person. She was this, she was that. But I'm sure back then she wasn't thinking if I don't appreciate my if, – if I don't stop and appreciate myself, I'm, I'm never going to achieve my goal. She had to have had some level of uh, self-awareness and celebration of herself for her to be able to, to pitch a network on our show pitching mm-hmm. that and that and that's something that I'm I'm really honing on because we talk a lot about hustle but I also want us to understand that our strengths and what makes us unique are things that we need to constantly be aware of and constantly develop Seth Godin talks I just finished um, a book uh, by Seth Godin called Lynchpin it's really about the idea of having that mindset of being being that different not buying into the narrative that you have to check a certain box to adhere to what society says you have to think like an artist and being an artist is essentially you following your art and what your art is is doing what what makes you unique and by doing what makes you unique staying Mm -hmm. aware celebrating that and using that on a daily basis to to say hey I stare in the mirror. I'm Ty Roxon. This is what I do. I'm going to make today an awesome day, and I'm going to find five minutes or uh, one hour today to celebrate myself. Or like what you did in the last two weeks, where I'm going to go see my son. I'm going to go. I'm going to go spend mm-hmm. time with my daughter. I'm going to have constant daily reminders about the full aspect of what it takes to be me as a person, and I'm not just one type of person. And I think, um, I think that's great. And I, I think part of even though we, we've taken a two week break, it, it was just. We had to just figure out a lot of things. You know, we were doing so much. Well, work. you got to take breaks too. Yeah, we you, were doing so you many. Got, we, you got to take breaks, man, because if, if you don't, if you don't pamper and treat yourself, bro, if you don't disconnect and step away from the business, it's gonna own you. And dude, the name of the game is you got own it. You got to own the game. You are in control. You control your success. Yes, it's not the other way. Around. You're the author of your own um, of your own legacy in that, and um, I, I, I think it's something I wanted to bring on. So, the South by Southwest incredible journey benchmark you checked off that. Um, you realized a lot of people you were chasing. You ended up actually being the peers, which is an interesting interesting realization when you come to that because. I know you, Carlos, and from what I know, you you always deflect. I'm I deflect as well, so I know this. I can always tell deflector, but there's something different that just changed in you since um, South by Southwest. You actually 
you own a lot of the narrative. Take a, taking the expert thing away, I called you an expert, and you say you weren't an expert, even though you are an expert. We'll, we'll take that away. But you, Practitioner, bro. Practitioner, uh, okay. baby. Anyway, see, we're going to disagree with that. But something that I've noticed that has changed about you is that you, you have this newfound confidence, mm-hmm. and I didn't see that before, South by Southwest. And I, I think there are many people that walk the line of confidence and cocky, but being confident is key. Cocky is a different thing. And I think what you've done since South by Southwest and what's awoken in you is so key for you to get to that next benchmark, which is why I think we need to acknowledge benchmarks. Just because we're like, oh, my goodness, I achieved this. I'm so confident in myself that I can do the next thing. And now you're right there. So something happened at South by that was really cool. And, and for those that follow me on Snapchat, the Carlos Gill, you might have seen it. So um, I saw Steve Case, founder of AOL, speak at the event. He went on stage right before Gary. And because I was a speaker at the event, I had access to go backstage and go in the speaker's lounge. So I literally went backstage. I met Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. We took a selfie together, oh, hung out with Steve Case for a little bit, and then like literally walked right into – like the side of the stage where Gary was at, where he was doing his, um, he was doing Facebook live and like all of this happened in a matter of 20 minutes. And for me, it was like an instant Holy shit moment. where like, <laughs> wow, like I'm on the same level here at this event with the commissioner of the NBA, the founder of AOL and my idol who I've looked up to now for the last seven or eight years. Like, I had the same badge around my neck that they have around their neck. So like when you talk about confidence, like that's when you realize, like, I don't want to say I made it because bro, like by no means have I made it. This is just a benchmark and there's a long way that I still have to go and a lot that I need to accomplish before I can really look back and be like, yeah, you know, I've done some cool shit, but that was like that moment where I realized like, damn, like this, if I could take every single person that follows me on social media and just have them be in the room with me right now, I would turn to them and say, high school dropout, lost his job at 25 in banking, leveraged social media, build relationships, worked his ass off to get here. This is the byproduct of that. And if there's one message that for the rest of my life, I can go on stage and I can tell people in some way, shape, or form, whether I'm speaking to five people or 5,000, that's the message I want them to, to, to take with them, is anything in life is possible. And no matter how, how big it is, you're, you're capable of setting forth your own destiny. And again, like, Tayo, that was that moment where it was like, yeah, like, the confidence level went up a lot because I checked myself. And it was like, man, like, I started from the bottom and literally now I'm right here. Yeah, but that's the point. That's what I'm trying to say. You took some time to smell the roses and that's something I've started to learn how to do. You actually stopped and said, oh, my goodness. I'm a high school dropout, lost his job at 25, and look at where I'm here right now. And it's a result of the hard work and network that I've built. And that's, that's okay to acknowledge. And, and you acknowledge that. And then you said you took selfies with some of these most influential people and people you wanted to meet, self-check confidence. And then now, I, I mean, I, I can't wait for the next thing you do because I think too many hustlers fall into this trap of just constantly pushing that, that wheel, like that, you know, that Ferris wheel, like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. And then they actually have no idea of what they've done. Yeah, um, and, and, and it, it's crazy. Uh, it's something that I will forever, forever hark on right now. It, was, it wasn't until my friend told me and I got the email because I got two emails in a day from podcast listeners actually telling me stuff that I'd done. And I was like, Ty, wait, what? Did you, you, do you understand what that person just said? You caused them to start this business. You caused them to do this. And I was like, but I don't even feel like it. 
And then, you know, so I, I think it's, it's, it's great to do that and it allows you to see things. And on that vein, so you know that I've always wanted to, to run a media company. That's part of what mm-hmm. I always say with, with a male, uh, male Oprah version. So here I was doing the work, continuously working and, and you know, consulting with people. And, um, you know, my mentor calls me into, he runs, uh, is the president of a head, um, you know, like a ed startup. And he starts a conversation. I think he's checking in on me. He's like, hey, um, so I, I had a team meeting with my, my, um, my investors, our investors and our team members. And we realized that we really don't have the bandwidth to do what we need to do to take the next level. We want someone to come and head up content um, mm-hmm. and really manage all this stuff because we, we need someone that has the personality to do it and someone that's, that's, uh, that's able to, to manage a whole bunch of content and deploy, do outreach and really just spearhead a content marketing program. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I can see why that you need that. And then he points at me, says, "So we are thinking about you." I'm like, "Uh?" uh <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. I've noticed what you've done with, with what you're doing, what you're doing, your podcast network and the podcast and the uh, UID and how you've built that. It's something that none of us in our team know how to do, and you know how to do that." And I, I was, I, you know, I was like, "Wait, well, I'm sorry. Can you say that you're talking about me? I thought we were talking about something else." And I, I found myself, um, this is something very guilty of, I, I found myself not actually believing what he was telling me. And I was like, this is so crazy. I've worked so hard to get to the level where I can mm-hmm. head up content in my mid-20s for a startup with the freedom to do what I want to do. And I, was, I had the, the opportunity in front of me, and I actually didn't even believe the story. And, and I think the reason that I didn't believe it was because I hadn't even stopped to, to realize what I had done. And ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm going to um, head up the content soon, but it's a benchmark for me, like Startup start, start by Startwise was, because all of a sudden, I've been talking about this opportunity on the startup. Last year, we were talking about what I want to do. I'm like, this is a great opportunity to, mm-hmm. for me to use an infrastructure, have studios, work with producers, and determine and drive what's going to be the long-form content strategy and what's going to be short-term content strategy, and actually have people reporting to me. And it was right in front of me, and I didn't realize that. And I, I think... It, when you told me about that benchmark then today, I was like, that's such a crazy benchmark that I reached mm-hmm. without actually realizing. So hustle hard, but take time to acknowledge your, your benchmarks and, and understand that that's just a stepping stone. And I think... Everything is a stepping stone. Yeah. Everything you do in life is a stepping stone for the future. Yeah. So, I mean, South by Southwest View, you've spoken, you've spoken a lot. I remember when I clearly told you, you told me in the beginning of the year, I have such a heavy beginning of the year. I'm going to be speaking a lot, but I don't know what's going to happen in the second year. And I was like, Carlos, what you do on the first few months is going to determine that. You're going to get more speaking engagements. I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Because you were thinking you were not going to speak anymore after the like first half of the year. I was like, what kind of yeah, yeah, the, is that? The play is definitely a, a little fuller after South by. <laughs> but, you know, one, one thing I want to bring up that I think you and I are guilty of doing this. And a lot of people out there that come across are guilty of doing this is we, you know, we have goals, but we're not really transparent with like what we want to do long term. And right. I think that's something that we should definitely take some time to talk about because like I've got goals, I have things I want to accomplish, you do too as well, Tayo, but like we build this community on social media, but we really don't let them into we're not transparent enough in terms of like what does long-term success look like? We share with them the short-term gains. Yeah. We talk to them about what we're doing today, what we're doing a week from now, where we're speaking a month from now. But no one really knows what that trajectory looks like. And that's one of the things that I do want to start changing. Yeah. You know, I'm going to start putting that in practice with myself. Anyone that I come across, I'm going to start putting that in practice with them is like, 
there's a reason why you got to build a social media community. There's a reason why you have to build relationships. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not just to have a vanity metric or a number next to your name saying X number of people follow me. You know, there's, there's something that has to come out of that. And if you get people a rally behind you, what you're going to find is all of a sudden your goals are going to become that much easier to attain mm-hmm. because there's people out there that have similar interests. Like it's crazy dude. on Snapchat. I have people every single day every single day that reach out to me because they have some sort of a business idea in mind and they don't know how to get off the ground. In fact, like let's use Andre as an example because he was uh, he was on our podcast before. So people like Andre have a vision and I always let them know, you know, there's a couple things you need to do. One, you have to visualize what does your end game look like? How do you get there? And then the benchmarks are kind of like what helps you stay on course to get to that end game. And are you building community? And awesome. Building community is not just getting people to follow you. It's getting people to buy into what your long-term plan is. Because when you get to the top, let's face it, you're going to have people that help get you there. But in order to stay at the top, you're going to need to have that community that keeps you there as well. And you know, again, I'll go back to Gary Vee. Dude, the day I publish a book, if I get even an ounce of what Gary's gotten in terms of promotion from his community with Ask Gary Vee the book – I'll be a very happy man. So, you know, let's talk about that for a second. You know, Tyler, let's talk about the importance of putting our goals out there, dude. And let's talk about what even our goals are. Cause you know, like that's one thing I want to do coming out South by like, I want to embrace what my trajectory looks like. I know you got a lot of plans with your, your media network, but like, honestly, if I don't follow you very closely and get to know you in an intimate way, like I've gotten to know you, I would never know what does Tyo Roxon want to do with his life? You're so right. And I, I, I'm very guilty of doing the tease and not telling you what it is. And, and that's because I've always felt, felt like, you know, man, does anyone want to listen to me? You know, I, I did a solo episode recently and I was told by Nomads and I, I, one of my listeners told me that they were hooked, but it was too short. And I, I was like, yeah, because I felt like no one was listening to me. And they're like, Tyo, we've been listening to you for 100 and something episodes. We want more of you. And I was like, you know what? You're so right. And, and I, I, I so say everything I want to do and I don't dive into it. So I'm going to be transparent. My, I've always said the goal is to be like the male version of Oprah. And the reason why Oprah is really important to me, if, for those that have uh, just listened the first time, is because when I was a 10-year-old in Burkina Faso, you know, I grew up in five countries, four continents, I mm-hmm. was able to – Something about her show attracted me. It was it was her, Hey Arnold, Keenan and Kel, all that, all the Nickelodeon shows, Lizzie McGuire and all that. But I found myself watching her show in Burkina Faso while she was in Chicago in her Harpo Studios, feeling like I could be the best version of myself. And something about me seeing myself through all those guests uh, in a different country really attracted me. And, and I've always wanted to use media to do that for a whole generation of people. My background, having grown up in different parts of the world, I've I've gotten to see the world through unique lens, and I I honestly feel like, in order to build the next set of global leaders, we really have to understand how to communicate across cultures. So I married those two passions, and I said, what medium can I use to tell the world about the importance of communicating across cultures and how leadership can go across businesses and cultures? So I was like, you know what, media. Everybody consumes media in mm-hmm. some form. And if I can be the reason why our generation, millennials, you know, there are about 2 billion of us, 2 billion of us can actually understand the, the immensity of their potential, I want to do that. And I feel like mm-hmm. when, when I say male version of Oprah, I want people to be the best version of themselves. And that's where the whole use your difference to make a difference became. So benchmarks to me to achieve that goal would be ultimately learning. Mm-hmm. 
how to be the the best media executive I can be. I don't want to just be a one-trick pony where I'm just doing podcasts. I don't want to just be a one-trick pony where I'm just writing. I want to be someone that's mm-hmm. well-versed in connecting with an audience in a social, digital, uh, in-person, and, 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 and any off-air type of personality. So that incorporates me knowing how to manage content, me knowing how to manage talent, me knowing how to to produce content at a rapid rate, me, me having a Rolodex of content that I can use to, to, to fuse and drive a storyline that I want to do, and me understanding what it's like to have a theme um, of, of doing that. And also, it, it requires me learning how to listen a lot. I think um, the, the thing that's great about Oprah and it's great about Steve Harvey, who I also love, is they, they've understood their, their, their core audience and target audience, and they understand them so intimately that when they produce content and when they say something, it's because they know about their true pain points. So for me, honestly, what success looks like is, I mean, obviously taking this opportunity to lead a media lead at a media startup and run the media arm, that, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. And when I, when I first reached out to you last year, I remember I was – I got graduated from my MBA and I was frustrated because I had turned down several jobs that was my passion play because I wanted to do a media company and not just be a consultant at Deloitte. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any you know, people that have jobs, but I might just need to freelance for a little bit. And I was just asking because mm-hmm. I was like, I needed something. But I'm so happy that I had waited. You know, I stayed, mm-hmm. I stayed true to... To, to who I was with UID, even through the lean months. And I've always consistently produced content. I haven't missed a day since I launched um, As Told by Nomads. And all of a sudden, because of those things, people started reaching out to me once this year started. I had, had mm-hmm. um, uh, two casting producers reach out to me to do something from TV. I, I mean, I, I turned one down, but it, it was the idea that people had heard about me. And then I had a st- I have the startup reaching out to me. And I think long term... If I can end up being like a pseudo mix of Ariana Huffington, uh, Steve Harvey, and, and Oprah, that will be what I want to do. I want to build the next set of global leaders, and I believe those are millennials and Gen Zers. So by doing that through media and telling the right stories, that to me is what I want to do. So that, that's why I do what I do. Um, that's why I talk the way I talk every day, and that's the ultimate goal. So, so I heard, I heard in there, Tyle, a huge vision, which I know that you're going to get there, but – what I want to know is how do you get there? Like what exactly has to fall into place in order for that to happen? Yeah, you know, I mean, I know what you say, but I, I think the – I've been saying I, I, I don't know if, if you heard that part, but the answer for me, honestly, is by first of all getting – like running a media startup. Running a media arm, getting to see what it's like to to dictate and drive content in a in an ecosystem where all the decisions lie on me. Learning how to manage the talent, learning how to manage that in production. So, when I was saying taking that opportunity is is a great step up. It's me learning what it's like to to run a media arm in a in a in a startup that I'm making decisions. Right. So that's check. The second thing is me experimenting with what it's like to actually grow in a, a, a network of content. So me putting that out mm-hmm. and securing ad, ad, you know, people, advertisers, and securing distribution partners. So learning right. how to attract syndication partners would be another next step for me. If I can get a syndication deal to 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 um, to agree to a bunch of content I produce, and then the third step would be get into like a TV network. Or a TV um, uh, show where I have 
visibility to sort of bring all I've done with with startups, media, and um, just the whole thing. Uh, so what I what I hear there is like enterprise media production, where you go from just being a guy producing a podcast in your condo in New York to having like a a full studio staff multiple shows you're producing you're producing a lot of content so more people get to know who tile rocks it is and they get to really start following the tile rocks and brand from that lens well it's not it's not necessarily tile rocks and brand. i want to drive the idea of using your difference to make a difference i certainly by virtue of that i'll be the face of that but it's the idea right. of embracing what a movement like use your difference to make a difference is and it's embracing individuality following your passion and doing what you love but yes i mean is running a, is running a network that's what i keep saying it's i the ultimate goal is to get a network of where where i'm producing a bunch of shows where i'm determining the content or have a say in the type of content but mm -hmm. the steps to get there would be the basics you know how do you do it in one company? Then how do you do it in two companies? Then how do you do it in a, in a way where it's syndicated across seven markets? And then how do you do mm -hmm. it in, in a different medium than just audio and YouTube and podcasting? So it's it's mm -hmm. those are the baby steps that I need to get there. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's as that's as much as I can break it down. <laughs> so, so you know what it, it 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 does, but I guess the broader question is how's your community help you get there? That's the thing. Um, I am. Definitely learning and evolving. I think the the only way mm -hmm. my community can help me get there is if they if they actually know. Not a, not. I don't think right. a lot of them do know about this. So, no, they they probably don't. No, that's the thing. So it's by starting off by telling them this is what I want to do, and then you never know who who can who's listening. You never know mm -hmm. who knows someone, but it's just being transparent initially, and that's the first step. And then you know. It's like the jab, 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 right hook that Gary always says. Just constantly mm -hmm. continue to do what you're doing, but be keep top of mind that you're you, you're letting your audience know what you're trying to do and what goal you're trying to achieve, and and then learn how to ask uh, at the right time. So, I think that's I think that's what will happen. Um, and I haven't been transparent enough in the in the past. I've just sort of uh, held back. <laughs> because I, I didn't yeah. think, I didn't think and, that and, I was. And, and like let's face it like it's hard for a lot of us like for a lot of us and, and I put myself in that same boat so I'm not not even trying to to even front and 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 pretend that I'm not in that in that same category like for a lot of us it's hard to put our goals out there for for a lot of reasons like one there's like let's face it there's like a little insecurity factor that kicks in like what if I don't achieve this you know uh and that's fine you know like you know if you shoot for the stars and kind of fall somewhere in the middle, you know, life can still be good. But then there's that factor. Then there's like, there's always people hating. Oh, yeah. There's always going to be people out there that want to take you off your game, you know, and there's going to be haters. There's going to be distractors. But like, here's the thing, man. If you are focusing on building content, community, and conversation, embrace what your end game looks like. Because I guarantee you, once you start embracing that and you put it out there, then people are going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to want to start to help you. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And um, that's something I'm, I'm certainly learning about. But um, what is your... I'm going to share a story with you real quick, man. I had this, you know, I, I, I got a text message from one of my best friends. He lives in New Jersey uh, a couple days ago. He's like, hey, man, like the barber that I go to um, actually follows you on social media and he wants to chat with you about using social media in his business. Again, this is a barber in New Jersey. Right. I've actually got my hair at his barbershop before. So it's not like it's a complete stranger. Right. So I'm like, yeah, like give him my number. Have him call me. Dude calls me up right away 
and a barber in New Jersey starts talking to me about content marketing. Not a marketer, not a someone who works for a brand, but a barber, an entrepreneur, starts talking to me about content marketing, starts picking my brain, starts saying that he's been reading books, he's been on YouTube learning about content marketing. And my first question to him is like, his name's Tito. I'm like, Tito, what is your end game? He's like, I want to franchise my business. All right, cool. How long is it going to take you to franchise your business? He's like, it's probably going to take a year of me growing and building up my business and building the brand because he's been in business for a while, but he has to build up the brand. So I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and talk about over the next 12 months, how you're going to get to franchise your business. And dude, we started talking about things like blogging. We start talking about things like creating his own version of a daily V where he has someone once a week come out and follow him for a whole day and records what his journey looks like. And I let him know at the end of those nine to 12 months, once you have all this content created, now all of a sudden you're gonna have a brand that resonates and connects with people. And that's the type of sweat equity that you guys start putting in today. If 12 months from now, you want to actually think about franchising your business and getting someone to buy in and want to have your business with your name on it in Minneapolis or in California or in Florida. So what I'm trying to say there, man, is start with what that end game looks like. Let everyone know about it. that That's your end game, but then create content around it. And then that content is going to essentially serve as those benchmarks along the way. I agree, agree. I'm not, and that's uh, certainly something that I've, I've started working on. But what about you? What about you? What is your end game? <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna get this off with just, just tie out then. What is your end game? You talk about being transparent, so let's hear you be transparent. Yeah, you know what, man? Books. You know, my trajectory to get me to the next level is to write multiple books. If I want to be on stages worldwide speaking, if I want to have an opportunity to to really influence business leaders, I'm gonna have to write books. And again, it's a model that I've seen Gary Vee and other successful entrepreneurs follow. And I, I really just feel, Tyler, that is my trajectory. Like going to show up at an event and speak for 60 minutes, it's great. You know, there's value that I'm giving to others out there. There's value that people are absorbing. It's awesome. But if I am not leaving an imprint on my legacy, then you know what? Everything I'm doing is just going in vain. So my, my goal from this moment forward is I want to write three books over the next 18 months. Okay. I already have the titles in mind. All right, let me push back. But what's the long game? That's 18 months. What's the ultimate goal? What do you want to be? You know what, man? What I want to be is a combination of, I want to own my own media empire that works directly with brands. Okay. Where it's Gil Media or whatever other name I decide to put on it. <laughs> okay. And I also, I also want, I also want to speak worldwide, man. I, my, my, my mission at the end of the day is to educate, motivate, and inspire as many people as possible. All right. So you want to have like an agency, essentially, is what I'm hearing. An agency, that, yes. Uh-huh. Without put, well, well, calling it agency because agencies tend to have <laughs> some negative, you know, stereotypes around them. No, but, but, no. but yes, yeah, I can see that. Everything, so it's almost like Gary. I want to everything. Yeah, he found like the Gary Vee model. To take everything that I've learned uh-huh. in corporate America, everything I've learned working for myself before I went in corporate America, put the practitioner into into use, but for multiple companies. Because you know, let's face it, man, it's, it's great to earn a paycheck somewhere, right. but when you've got potential that can be leveraged by multiple people, then you're really you know, at the top of your game when you're able to go ahead and spread the expertise and knowledge, you know, across the paint. Let's use a basketball reference, okay? A, a lot of us in the corporate game are just shooting from the free throw line. 
I want to I want to shoot from the full court, man. I want to put full court press on the corporate game where I'm teaching marketers how to use social the right way. Because okay. let's face it, man, there's a lot of players out there. There's very few practitioners. And above all, I consider myself a practitioner. All right. So so this is what we have for you. We have the long game. It's almost like a, a you know Gary Vade type thing. But you want to have like your media agency where you're helping brands and people just do things that they love to do. You And, and your shorts term goals to get there are to write books in that type of space. Now, the theme of these books will take on what type of storylines? You know what? So, so the themes of these books will play into the career space mm-hmm. because that's something that's very near and dear to me. Um, they will tie into the life and growth hacking of your career and business space. Mm-hmm. And then the other is going to be around specifically the space that I'm in right now that's very near and dear to me, which is the world of social media marketing. Gotcha. Um, so I think from my end, I think it obviously needs to start off with, with one before you get to the three. And then I, I'm very curious how you're using your, 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 your own community because you asked me this question. And now that you've told mm-hmm. me this goal, I didn't know about this, by the way. So how are you using your community to get that? Because I, I, I can think of many things where obviously if you want to write a book, you've got to find – you know, content. I don't know if you're going the publisher route or you're doing the self-publishing thing. Are you doing, which one are you doing? No, I'm going to go publisher route, man. Okay, I'm going to do so, this the right way. Okay. So you I've got, got, I've got, I've got, I actually have a publisher that recently reached out to me and, okay, good, and you good. Know, this is something I'm going to be, I'm going to be pitching. Good. Um, good. so traditional publisher route and in terms of leveraging community, man, you know what? There's going to be a day where I wake up and I'm going to just go on Snapchat and say, this is what my goal is. And I need your help to get me there. So I'm going to crowdsource ideas for content from the community. And in return, I am going to have the community follow me day by day, step by step, so they see the progression. Because that's what people want to see, man. They want to feel like they are a part of your success. They don't just want to feel like they see your success when you get there. They want to feel like they're a part of it from day one. You know, I wouldn't tell you to wait because if you already know, there's no, I mean, it's not, this thing should be a daily thing. You're, you are the most active Snapchat I know. So someone listening to you daily should get used to hearing you say these are the goals you want to achieve and actually be there. But I think I'm so guilty of this. First of all, I wait like until I feel like I'm close and like, ah, this is kind of what I've been trying to achieve. But uh, you just told me three books. You have the idea from what I'm looking at. It seems like the social media vein might be the first step and then the career and then um, the third book. But. I think you've got to start, man. I mean, Vaynerchuk, look at what Gary V did with his Daily V. I mean, he wasn't the Daily V guy before. Now he does Daily V, got the Ask Gary V, and it's led to the book. But I think if you start doing that, you'd be surprised by what could come out of that. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if Ask Gary V book was something he had thought of until he started doing a lot of these things. So I think it's just a matter of you actually putting that into attention, like you're saying. Take your advice, brother. You gave it to me. You gave it to me. <laughs> Take it. I, I, I think I think it's fascinating that we both want to build media companies in a sense, but wants to do different things. I want to tell the right story, right stories that feel like aren't being told in our generation, um, which ultimately will inspire. And your goal is to also inspire. But you want to help these agencies and these people actually achieve their goal. So I'm like focused on producing the content. You're focusing on helping them get get to that that type of thing. And I think that's that's an interesting model. So, um. In essence, it plays to the fact that everybody is a media company, ultimately. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's important that we all look within ourselves and we examine what are our talents, what are our strengths and what are our core weaknesses and whatever our strengths are. How do you take that to the next level? Whatever your weaknesses are, how do you go ahead and start turning those weaknesses into strengths, man? Because once you do that, then you're really going to be at the top of your A game. And you know, I know you mentioned confidence earlier on in the episode, so I want to do, I want to take some time to talk about confidence and the importance yeah. of implementing confidence. Yeah. Okay, there is no one out there that's competing with you or against you, but you. Time is our own. Time is either an asset or it's an enemy. And let's face it, guys, like time is really an enemy because we run out of it very quickly. And it's very easy for time to go by and you look back and you think like, oh, shit, I wasted it. Mm. So why confidence is important is because confidence controls your mind, body and spirit. Something I know, Tyle, you have said many times about mind, body and spirit. And when you are a confident being, you feel that you are inseparable. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. It really puts you in the best position for when people come around you, when you talk to them, when you give them the game, they're going to be, they're going to buy in because they see, wow, this is a guy who not only believes in himself, but if he believes in himself, what can he do for my business? Mm -hmm. Like people out there, when they transact and want to do business with others, they want people that can feel they are so confident. If I put them in the room with my boss, they're going to make me look good. If I give them a task to do, they're going to make my company look good, which in return makes me look good. And I'm telling you, man, all sorts of confidence. And one of the things I do on a weekly basis, and you see this, Tyle, because you follow me on Snap and we're friends. I get a haircut and a shave about every five days. Mm -hmm. And I do that because I want to genuinely love the person that I see in the mirror every morning. Yeah. And again, it's all confidence, man. It's all tied to what I see is how I feel. And if I feel great then everyone that encounters me that day and that I come across is going to feel great as a result of that too because I'm going to make sure that my confidence and my energy rubs off on them. Absolutely. And one thing that I do is I everybody asks me, I mean, why I wear suits all the time. I wear suits when we, when we are on Skype or um, on uh, Blab, I'm not on suits, but every essentially every day I'm in suits and I, my thing is I wear pocket square for the most part. And people always ask me why, 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 why? Because I feel good that way, you know? And that's, that's all essentially my, my, my brand, whether it's snowing, whether it's, it's raining, whatever, that's what I like to wear and that's how I feel confident. So I think your point of finding your strengths um, can be paired up with doing what you love. I think whether you're in the job or whether you're, you're, you're thinking of graduating Find something that you love and do it. Doesn't have to pay you. Doesn't have to be some great opportunity. But just do what you love. End up doing mm -hmm. doing it. Do it so much that you, you that you you become such an expert in that or such a practitioner, as uh, Carlos would say. In that, don't do anything. Don't do anything though. I want to drop it in there. Don't do anything that's predicated or or fueled by money. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about because, doing because, what you love. Because if you get started from day one with money being the end game, you've already lost. No, you've already failed. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about doing what you love. And that's the thing that people lose sight of. When I first graduated from college, I fell into the trap of doing something that I needed to do out of necessity to just have a job. I had been rejected by 85 people for a job. And I was like, I'm just taking whatever gets me there. It wasn't until I nearly died in a car accident. I was like, you know what? I never felt fulfilled. And the only one question I asked myself when I was almost flipping over the bridge was like, I haven't even done anything as a 22-year-old. At the time, mm -hmm. I was 22. So that's something I'm, I'm always cognizant of is making sure that whatever I do, I feel fulfilled in. And it, just like I shared the story of me doing over a year of, of, of producing free content and 
hustling and doing that type of work, actually almost two years of doing that, you know, it's led to an opportunity for me to actually run a media media company uh, at a startup mm-hmm. where I have freedom to do that. And that's because I learned so much from doing that. And I think mm-hmm. the I, you had the eight years journey to get to, to South by Southwest. You you had the constant persistence to hit up Gary Vee to the point where even though he didn't respond to you sometimes when you wanted to, when wanted him to, he actually recognized you because he knew, <laughs> he knew of the type of, of time he put into that. So I think that helps with confidence as well. When you, mm-hmm. you constantly hone in your work and you're so confident that you've, you know what? I put in this much time. I'm as good as I can be with this. No one can, can keep, can compete with me except the it's, person in the mirror. In the mirror, it's a confidence that you you almost like welcome someone to like come out of the woodwork and like call you out. It's like, yo, you want to hate on me? Come hate on me. Bring me the best that you got. Yeah, <laughs> because you're not gonna find anything. Like, I've, I've I've made sure that for me at least, my hustle is an open book. My yeah, life I mean, is an open book. It's not even that. I celebrate I, the wins just like I celebrate the losses. It's not even that. It's not even. I think it's it's more. If you do the work you're supposed to do the right way, there is no person that can tell you what to do. Because I think how a lot of people feed into haters, and you you know I you know haters for me is not a big deal. I I, I have a good way of shutting them off. It's you give them so much power if you allow them to take your narrative. I think every day when you stare into the mirror and saying you want to be the best version of yourself, you should take a hold of your narrative. What person are you? What person do you want to be? And you become so confident in that. There's nothing anyone can say to you that's going to de- make you deviate from that. And I think people, when people start having shaky foundations is when they start saying, oh my goodness, is that really true? You really think mm-hmm. I'm, I have the, the fattest nose in the world? You really think I was too preachy? Come on. You know, Mark Cuban has haters. <laughs> Mark Cuban has haters. Gary Vee has haters. Oprah has haters. Nelson Mandela has haters. If they have haters, what makes you think you're not going to have a hater? If You know, have a strong foundation in who you are and doing what you love. And then... Learn how to decipher between empty criticism and constructive criticism because there's a difference. Constructive criticisms help you grow. Empty criticism is just a troll and just trying to, to make, make themselves feel better by bringing you down. Um, that comes from self-awareness, but that also comes from having confidence in yourself. Real talk, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, as it, I guess we're, we're getting ready to wrap up soon, but we just really wanted to to just – Spit game, man. Like like the rappers would do. We just wanted to to tell you what we've been up to, and and that we haven't forgotten about you. We are fully committed to hustle culture, but um, yeah, we we've, we've just had a lot of things happen to us, and um, it's a matter of us acknowledging our benchmarks, and then really just saying, hey, um, we've reached this point. How can we get to the next level? Um, and uh, we're gonna be more transparent as as we go on. I'm very bad at that, but I'm learning, and I'm being as open with you as I can be. But it's something that I'm gonna continue to do. And I know Carlos will as well. This has been this has been a great episode, dude. I'm so glad that we we did this to kind of get back on track, man. Just jam out you and I because this is definitely needed. So. We need to keep this up, man. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We need to keep it up. We need to keep it up. We keep it up. You know, we're gonna we're gonna make sure we don't do like two three weeks off. Uh, so we'll try and record a few uh, ahead of time, so we have something to come out. Well, um, you know, when we get so busy, so don't worry. Um, you know, we apologize for the time away, but please, if you take anything from this conversation, is have confidence in yourself. Learn how to do what you love, but also take some time to acknowledge your benchmarks, smell the roses. And and don't feed into any anyone's narrative about who you should be. Feed into the narrative about who you want to be, 
and um and like Carlos always says, have the end end goal in mind, but also work towards getting those benchmarks. I know that uh Connor Blakely uh is someone I definitely want to get on the show. Uh, I know you've met Connor before. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we wrap up, man, this guy's a special kid, 16 years old. In fact, he was texting me while we were recording because he wants to come on next week. But a uh, 16-year-old kid, met him at South By. Man, talk about an uh, up-and-coming mogul. Right. This, is, this is a guy that uh, I'm going to be watching very, very closely. Ball of confidence, too. I met him at a Next Gen Summit last year. And uh, um, he's got a tremendous amount of confidence. So, you know, it would be great to have him on the show. I also want to give a shout-out to Casey Gregory. He's a strong listener of the show. Um, I promise I'll give him a shout-out. And um, he, here it is. But he's, he's uh, you know, he's a, he's a teenager as well. And he's killing it in Florida. Um, and he's just hustling. And he says, listen to some of the episodes, really help him out. And also show him he's not alone. So, um, shout-out to Casey Gregory. Tayo, my man, always great to wrap with you here on Hustle Culture. Once again, thanks to our listeners, especially those that have listened all the way through this episode. Before we jump off, my man, where can people link up with you? Hey, I'm at Ty Roxon on Twitter. That's easy. Ty Roxon on Twitter and Snapchat. You can find me, Ty Roxon anywhere. So T-A-Y-O-R-O-C-K-S-O-N. I'm very responsive. So hit me up. And I am CarlosGill83 on Twitter, on Snapchat, VCarlosGill. Also, feel free to hit me up. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Hustle Culture. And don't forget, friends. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. Boom! <laughs> yeah! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.